The Mishnah Pirkei Avos tells us that Selach Harav, the Histalik Menasotek, Val Tarbala Asur Modais. So in the Sefer Ruach Hayim, which has the drushes of Rab Chaim Valojana and Pirkei Avos, they quote that Rab Chaim Valojana had the following comment: Many people have the attitude whenever there's a, they're embarrassed, they ask a shaila of a rabbi. So whenever there's a shaila, so the Gemara tells us the rule is that whenever there's a suffix with respect to a dinder, I say you go to chumer. Whenever there's a suffix with respect to a dinder, and you go to kula. So that's one way to paskin all the shailas. And the Mishnah says, no, You shouldn't think that everything is a suffix and therefore go to chumer by dinder, I say because a person may think that he wants to be machmir, and instead of being mafrish meiser, one one tenth, ten percent to give to the levy, he'll give, let's say, fifteen percent. He'll give more. So the Gemara says that one who is marbe meisris, meisris of mikul kolim, only ten percent is nitfas as meiser. If you give fifteen percent, so the ten out of the fifteen percent will be meiser, and the extra five percent will remain tevel. And when you give the fifteen percent to the levy, the five percent. One third of what you give him, he'll be eating tevel because the uh, din of ma'aser wasn't chal on that. And then later on, when you're going to give the ma'aser sheni to batter everything up, the ma'aser sheni is only going to be given, and what's left is not going to be given on what you gave to the lady. So the Mishnah is telling us we shouldn't always think that by going lechumre we will be solving the problem. Sometimes a person, if a person thinks he's going lechumre, is really going lekula. A lot of times lechumre is really a kula. In Yiddish folklore, they tell the story about the farmer who used to come into town to ask the rov shilas all the time. And then he stopped coming for a half a year. And then he stopped coming back again. So the rov asked him, where were you for the last year? How come you didn't come to ask shilas? So he said, the Pasuk said in Chumash, that when you have a, a trefer, a kelab so you give it to the dog. So he decided, instead of coming, traveling into the city to ask the rabbi the shah, so I'll give it to the dog, so I'll see if the dog eats it, it's a right, then it's a trefer. If the dog doesn't eat it, it's a right, it's kosher. So it was working well. So the rabbi says, so why do you change your mind now? He says, the dog became a big machmer. <laughs> the dog is eating everything. He thinks that there must be some tzad lahotam. So needless to say, that's not a recommended way to pass the shilas. Not to say... Everything is a machlekes, and therefore sofik deraisa luchumer sofik derabbanalakula. And nor is it a valid way by feeding into the dog. Uh, many people have the attitude that you pass can based on precedent. I remember when I was uh, in high school, I think the Eichmann trial was taking place, and I remember we were watching on television, <coughs> and I think the uh, the uh, representative of the Israeli government. Uh, was quoting a judge in Idaho. He did, not pronounce, he did not know how to pronounce the name Idaho. He was quoting a precedent. The judge in Idaho is Dr. Zayn, so he pronounced it Idaho. So I remember the judge told him, Tagit, Idaho. You're mispronouncing. So he, he didn't know how to pronounce Idaho. He never heard of the judge, but he thought that the law should follow precedent. In halacha, the law does not necessarily follow precedent. We look in Shadis Hachubis to see what the, what the Meshivim, what the Paschim of all the generations before had to say, but we don't, if a person is a Chacham Shegir, it doesn't necessarily have to follow what it says in the Shadis Hachubis. Ramajah Feinstein very often developed his opinion. Then when they would bring to his attention, he would write his Chubis, he would go through the Gemara and the Paschim, the Mishayim and the Shulchanah, then if the, he would write his Chubis, he would show it to the Mashgir and the Yeshiva of Mechel Pirmbah. Then Rabbi Michal would tell him, he would research it, he would tell him that the Nadi Behuda says not so, that some says it's not so. 
So Moshe would add another paragraph at the end. And even though the Nadi Yehuda says not so, he would explain that it's not, not like the Nadi Yehuda. Not that Rabbi Moshe Feinstein said there was a certain rabbi who lived in the New York area passed away already. He wrote a whole book attacking Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. Manali Igoris, the response to the Igoris Moshe. He writes what an arrogant person Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was, that he thought he was greater than the Chsam Seifim, greater than the Yehuda, greater than the Vilna Goyim. So Rabbi Moshe, those, there are still people alive who knew Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. There's still some ancient people like me. People knew Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein was unusually humble. Unbelievably humble. He wasn't arrogant at all. He was an unusually, unusually humble person. So he said, the Rabbi Moshe responded to the Savior. He felt so hurt when this Tamachachim uh, published this whole attack against him. He said, I don't think I'm greater than Ali Behuda. I don't know if I'm Higil or Hira. I don't know if I'm entitled to express my opinion at all. But the Rabbanim of the generation keep on insisting that I'm Higil or Hira. They keep on insisting they want to hear my opinion. So if, if it's true that I'm a Chochm Shehigil I'm obligated to give my honest to goodness opinion, even if it's in disagreement with those who preceded me, who are greater than me. The Gemara has a cloud, ain't bezin yochel of the rebezin charem, can godel hamena b'chochm v'minyon, a later bezin cannot repeal the rabbinic enactment that was instituted by an earlier bezin, unless the later bezin, the later bezin is greater b'chochm v'minyon. But if you're not talking about repealing a rabbinic enactment, you're talking about what's the din? You're talking about being Mavara based on the Gemara and the Rishonim and the original Poskim, the early Poskim, being Mavara, what the Psak is. So then the Ramam writes and Tesis quotes the old quote from the Talmud, Yerushalmi, there's no Machlekes. There is no principle that you have to be great above to disagree with the earlier Poskim. We don't follow precedent. We don't follow precedent. A person just has to be a Talmud Shehigiel Hayra. That's a big question. How does a person know that he reached that state of a Talmud Shehigiel Hayra? The Iker, the Iker Psak. Look, and ours is not the first generation. They're publishing now many manuscripts from the days of the Bali Hatesis. So you see, in the days of the Bali Hatesis, there were many people who thought that they were God's gift to the world, and they expressed their opinion. It's just Dvar Vatelik. We read, we read these Svarim from the days of the Bali Hatesis. That is simply a joke. It's a, it's a it's honest the way uh, there were people who, just because they lived in the generation of Rashi and Rabbi Natham doesn't mean that they were Rishonim. They didn't know how to learn. Just like in our generation, there are people who have smicha who publish svarim and Shabbos of Jews. I remember in the summertime when I go on vacation to Tannersville. So usually there are boys there from high school age or whatever. So they're on vacation. So a lot of times I learn with the boys, whatever, whatever they're up to, learning Mishnayos and Gemara. So there's one Balabas there, every year he would give me uh, Svarim as a matana for learning with his children the previous summer. So I remember one, he's away a whole week and he comes for the weekends. So I remember one Thursday he came get a whole set of Shabbos and Shubas of one of the contemporary uh, poskim. So on Thursday night after I finished learning with the boys, so I sat down with my new toy and I started uh, looking in a new safer. So my wife was sitting the other side of the room knitting a sweater or something. And I was sitting looking at the same. So I burst out into laughter. So my wife says, what are you reading over there? So I said, Yankel just gave me this uh, Shalas HaTshuva. So she said, what's so funny? So I said, it's a joke. It's a vexanus. This man thinks that he's God's gift to thinks he knows that a person doesn't know anything. And he, and he published many volumes of Shalas HaTshuva. Many, many volumes of Shalas HaTshuva. Ours is not the first generation. In all the generations, that's a difficult question. How does a person know to determine about himself that he's entitled to an opinion that is a chacham shehigil o hayroah? once mentioned that the Iker psak of the mayor hayroah 
is really based on his intuitive feeling. A person who knows Kala Tarakula, so when a case comes up, so he'll have an intuition, have an inkling, a feeling what the din should be. Then he's going to look it up in Shulchan Aruch. He doesn't have to start from scratch. He has to check in Shulchan Aruch and the Gemara to see whether his intuition is correct or not. This is the official story that's related in the Sefer Chutam Shulosh about the Chasam Sefer. Chutam Shulosh is the biography of Rebbe Akiva Eger and his son-in-law, the Chasam Sefer, and his son, the Ksav Sefer. And the Sefer is written by one of the children of the Ksav Sefer, so it has all the official stories from the family. So he has there a story that when uh, the Ksav Sefer was single and he lived in his father's home, so the Ksav Sefer would write the Chuvis and he would ask his son to send it in the mail. So uh, to, to the address of the person who had sent the shan. So whenever the Ksav Sefer thought that there was something questionable about the Chuvis, he would read it over first. Whenever he thought there was something missing, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't tell his father. He felt it's not their heritage to tell him, I don't agree with what you wrote. So he would just leave the tshuva on the table for a week, and then his father would ask, how come you didn't mail it? So he would say, I think uh, there's something missing there. So once he left the tshuva on the table for a week, and his father said, how come you didn't mail it? So the Ksav Sefer told his father, the one who sent the Shailah is a very learned Tamatochim, a very, a very big rov. And in your tshuva, and he said, he raised the possibility that Tamatochim said, could be A, could be B. And he didn't give any hachro. You gave a hachro without any rias whatsoever. It gave flimsy rias, but you didn't really give any solid rias. So what kind of a tshuva is that? This man is a big tamachachim. So the chasam seifer said, that doesn't bother me. He said, in every generation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees to it that there should be somebody who has the mafteach hapsak, the key to psak Allah. And he felt that in his generation, he was the one. And he said, my iker psak always is based on my intuition. And my intuition was in this direction. I don't have such good rights, it doesn't matter that my psak is, uh, the ikir of the psak is really the intuitive feeling that I had. This is Rav Soloveitchik spoke about the difference between, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago when they had the, the day of the memorial day in the yeshiva, that he said, the Pasuk tells us, so the Gemara has a play on words, everyone, all the Jewish people are married to the Torah with the p'china of Erisin. Everything is a kiddushin before you, that's an Asian Sisha Lord Besabal. Nisua is an Asian Sish the Besabal. If they do Haknasa Lushusai. The Rusas Asura Bible, they're not living together. The husband is living by his parents and the cow is living by her parents. Days of the Gemara, there was a pause of a half a year or a year or longer in between the Arisan and the Nisuan. So very big Tamina Chachamim not only have Erisim with the Torah they have Nisun with the Torah if a couple is married for many years they know each other very well the husband can already intuitively tell you what is what the same either spouse can tell you intuitively what the spouse's reaction will be what their attitude will be for any given issue that's going to come up because they're living together for so long so there are Tamina Chachamim who have Nisun with the Torah they're Baal Ki Ishto Ishto Kabailo that, that only applies after Nisu and the Gemara says during everything you don't say Baal Kiyishtah it's only after Nisu and so one who has such a unity with the Torah so then his intuition will indicate to him what the din should be there's such a comment Rashi makes in his, in his commentary on Chumash on Parshas Tetzavah when the Chumash is describing all of the various big Dekuhuna so Rashi writes he's not sure how the, what the ephod is supposed to look like and Rashi says the Libi Armali my heart uh, tells me that I think it's like a certain piece of clothing that the women in France who would go horseback riding would wear. So, the belt trekked Akasha. How can Rashi say, Libi Aymali? Isn't it a violation of the Pasch in Chumish? 
The kasha, of course, is a joke. Because the Pasuk says, Don't worship of a desire. But there's no prohibition uh, to follow your heart's desire. But that's how the Veltrek Takasha. So the Velt answers in Yiddish folklore, they say, If one fulfills the Pasuk in Mishle, Rashi fulfilled the Pasuk in Mishle, he engraved the Torah on his heart. Then if he says, That's fine. The heart is telling us uh, what the Torah has to say. They say that on various occasions they would ask the Chazanish Shailas and he would say what he thinks the din is. Then they would ask him, where does it say that? So he would point like this. He would point to his heart. His heart intuitively tells him that that's the din. Uh, to have an intuition what the din is, a person has to be quite a Tamachach and he has to be one who has, has Nisuin with the Torah and has, he really knows a lot of learning. I remember once some correspondent from some newspaper was asking me uh, what's my expertise? What's my uh, specialty in halacha? So I said, what do you mean? So he said, well, there are those who are experts in, in medical ethics. And there are those who are experts in Didi Mominus and some those are experts in Kashris. Yeah, there is such a thing, but you can't be an expert in medical ethics if you don't know the rest of Kalatarukul. You can't be an expert in Kashris either unless you know Kalatarukul. There's always going to be something in Kachim, Taras, Nashim, and Ezekin that's going to affect Hilchas Kashris. True. Rabbi Chaim when he had a Shaila in Hilchas uh, Erevin, Rabbi Munk from Paris sent him the Shaila that he wanted to know in the middle of the war what they can make uh, an Erev in Paris. So he sent the Shaila to the Chazanish who had already moved to Bnei Brak. He lived in Eretz Yisrael. Because he felt that Chazanish was the special expert in Erevin. When he had a Shaila in Hilchas Mikvois, so he sent the Shaila to the Chazanish's brother, Rabbi Merkel, who happened to be in America at the time, at the Broadway Central, that's where I got married doesn't exist anymore, the whole hotel uh, collapsed. So he felt that Rameer Karelis, the brother of the Chazanish, was a bigger expert in Mikvahis, and he thought the Chazanish was the bigger expert in, in, uh, in Erevin. But you can't be an expert in Erevin or Mikvahis unless you really have a knowledge of Kola Tarkula. There's no such thing as a person, he knows everything, in that, but he does know the rest of the terms. He doesn't really know anything. Everything is interconnected. The Sefta tells us Kola Tarkula and Yenechet. Everything in Halach is interconnected. So you can't be an expert in one field without having a very strong knowledge of everything. The Raman quotes the din from the Gemara that you can give smicha ledvar mechidim. There is such a thing as smicha for din imamin, smicha for yisav ahetah, smicha for ahetah b'charis, yatah b'charis, and so on. But the Raman quotes from the Talmud Yerushalmi, that's one of his royal achal advar. You can only give smicha ledvar mechidim if the person has a strong knowledge in kala tarakul. If he doesn't have a strong knowledge in kala tarakul, he doesn't really have... And he's suing with the Torah. He's not really one. It's not the Ishtikigufa Balki Ishtar that only begins after he's suing. So how can he even, he's not entitled to express an opinion even in the area where he has gone through all of the sources. He can't really say, Libi Mali. The Torah tells us whose tzak is binding. So the Torah tells us that Kipalimim Chadov Allah Mishpat, if there's a. Every rabbi in his community should pass on the Shabbos. The more the Asra is considered Rabbi Muvuk of all of the Balabatim. The Gemara tells us that Mikolmusha Rabbi Yosek Lili, in the village where Rabbi Yosek Lili lived in Eretz Yisrael, they used to eat the Sar Oit Becholov, because Rabbi Yosek Lili held that uh, it doesn't make sense to make Xer the Rabbanan against uh, cooking chicken with meat. No one's going to mix up chicken with flesh. If there's no Isa de Raisa, there's not even an Isa de Rabbanan. So the Gemara says, even years after Rabbi Yosef Lili passed away, they followed all of the Psalkim of their rabbi, and that was it. And they were never punished, because that's the thing. You follow the Psalk of Rabbi Muvuk, the Mekomosh of Rabbi Lezer. Rabbi Lezer is of the opinion of Lezer Ben Hurkinus, 
that not only if you have a meal of Bismano, if the baby was born on Shabbos, so the priest is going to take place next Shabbos, and not only is one permitted to be Michal Shabbos for the purpose of performing the actual bris milo, you're permitted to be Michal Shabbos even to manufacture the knife and to carry the knife and even the machshire milo. If it's a meal of Bismano. So we don't accept Rablazer's opinion. Usually Rablazer's opinion is not accepted. Rablazer was from the Beishamai, and we don't accept the Beishamai's opinion. But still, that's what they did. Every time they had a bris on Shabbos, that's what they did. They would manufacture the knife on Shabbos, even though it wasn't really necessary. That was his opinion. And the Gemara says they were not punished. When the Goyesh government made Xerah not to permit the Jews to perform bris milah, so the Xerah was never chal on the city of Reb because they are so mechabed the midst of bris milah, they went out of the way to be mechal Shabbos even for the machshirim. So, uh, so the Xerah of the Romans didn't apply in their community. So you see from this Gemara, that's what the Chazanish points out in Chelik Yeridei, has a whole section about Hiroshi, so they had to have a Paschal Shabbos. So you see from the Gemara, the Deikah Din is that the Sennishulchanach, the Morad Asri, has the status of Rabbi Muvuk, and everyone is supposed to follow the Pesachim of Rabbi Muvuk. The Chumash tells us, if you have a Machlaikis among the local Rabban, if you have a big city in Europe, a lot of the villages were small. So there was only one Rabbi for the whole community. Shayim Benayim Aramim. Finished. That's the end of the story. But if you have a big community, you have several Rabbanim. So what do you do? So each, each group of uh, each shul should follow their uh, rabbi, Shain Maradas. So, but sometimes it's going to cause friction. Sometimes the machlekes will cause friction in the community. You have no choice. So then it says you go to the Beznagodal, whatever the Beznagodal paskins, that's what everyone has to follow. You don't necessarily, in recent years, they used to send, they used to fax all the Shilas to Rabbi Yashiv. They never, well, Years ago, they never had a fax machine. Okay, there was no telephone, but that's not the reason why. It wasn't, they didn't have to send all the shalas to Rabbi Chaim Oizer in Europe. The local Orthodox rabbi, who was knowledgeable, had the right to pass. You don't have to check out every shalas by Rabbi Chaim Oizer. You don't have to check out every shalas by Rabbi Yashif to see what he passed. So if the local Orthodox rabbi is qualified, if it's a Chacham Shigil or I say you follow his psaq. If there's going to be a Machlekes in the community, and it's causing friction, then you have to present the Shalat to the Beznagal, but most of the time the Shalas were not presented to the Beznagal. Most of the time, each community, the Rav would paskin and the Balabatim would accept the Psaq. So why is the Psaq of the Beznagal binding on everybody? So, that's exactly the reason why, because we assume Beznagal, they weren't appointed to be members of the Beznagal for political considerations, they used to appoint the Gedoli Hador. So the Gdoli Hador, Taisus and Brochus points out, and this is quoted in Yerodeh, the Gdoli Hador have the status of Rabbi Muvak, of all of the people who live in that generation, even if you never met this person. Taisus talks about that Shmuel was a little child, he was brought to Eli, and Eli had the status of, of Rabbi Muvak. Shmuel never met Eli, how was he Rabbi Muvak? Taisus, the Gdoli Hador, whoever they happen to be, have the status of Rabbi Muvak of all of the people who live in that, in that generation. So the reason why the Psaq of the Beznagodal is binding, is based on this principle, Rabbi Mubak, that whatever the Psaq of Rabbi Mubak is, is binding on all of their Talmidim. Unless you have a Talmud who is a Giyalohairo, then he's entitled to express his own opinion, he has a right to disagree with his Rebbe. What happens if you have several Rabbanim Mufakim? I have a few Rabbanim. Let's say, uh, we have a lot of Rabbanim Mufakim. So we are Kofuf Tirashi, Rabbi Natam, and the Rambam, and the Ramban, and the Chayodam, and Rabbi Yisrael Kara, and the Ramon, and the Shach, and the Taz. We have a group of 500 Rabbanim whom we look up to for Psaq. So the Gemara says, you follow the right, you follow the consensus. 
Often there's a difference between Sephardi Psak and Ashkenazi Psak. The reason being that we look up the 500 Gdolim and the 500 that we look up, the Ashken- I'm talking we, Ashken- I'm an Ashkenazi. So the Ashkenazim have 500 Rabbanim, and the majority of them, the Raif, will be in one direction. Like Ashkenazi Psak, we look up to the Ramam as a Sephardi, the Ramban, and the Rashbah, but with most of the Rabbanim we look up to, most of the Rabbanim Fakim Ashkenazim. The Sephardim have also 500, a list of 500 Rabbanim, but they are. Their list of five rabbanim, so the roiv of theirs is a Sephardish poskim. So they follow the roiv of their rabbanim of Fakim. This is the way we always pass in halachas. If the Talmud is a Talmud Shegiyah again, that's a difficult decision to make. How does a person know that he's reached that point? If an individual is a Talmud Shegiyah so then he's entitled to express his own opinion, even if the disagreement with his own Rebbe. What says the Talmud Shegiyah so that's what we mentioned before. It has to be a person who is so united with the Torah. He knows so much knowledge of the Torah. He has an intuitive feeling what the halacha should be. I work in the OU in the Kashrut area. So um, for many years, Rabbi Manny Holzer was the chairman of the Kashrut Commission of the RCA. Officially, the OU is an organization of Balabatim. So how can they give Ashkachas? So they have many rabbanim in the OU office who work on all the shabbos. So officially, though, the hashgachos are all supervised by the rabbinical council of America. So Rabbi Manny Holzer uh, should be well. So Rabbi Manny Holzer was for many years he was the chairman of the committee. So in, in the last years, when Rabbi Soloveitchik was not well and he couldn't speak to him, so I remember on one occasion he asks me a shaila and he says, "What do you think the din is?" So I said, "I don't know. I'll have to look it up." So he said, but before you look it up, what do you think did this? I said, I really don't know. I have no idea. I have to look it up. But he says, but before you look it up, what do you think did this? I kept on telling him, I don't know. So he says, but when I asked the Rav, the Rav always used to say, I said, I'm not the Rav. <laughs> the Rav had an intuitive feeling before he looked up in the Gemara, before he looked in the Shulchan Rav, what the then should be. I'm not, maybe someday I'll be an Amadregat, but not yet. I'm not Amadregat. A, a real Chacham Shigil Hoyro is a person who is so united with the Torah, his intuition tells him, he has so fulfilled the instruction of Shlom HaMelech Kosmo Aluach Libecha, so when the heart tells him intuitively what the din should be, that, uh, that could die to listen to his heart, to what his intuition is. For one to be entitled to express his opinion in halacha, the individual has to be one of the Chachmei HaMasor, like the Rav mentioned previously, There are more rights in Chosha Mishpat than Simen Chofei. That's the Simen about the Torah Adas. That's the famous complicated sugya in Sanhedrin. If the Bezin issued a mistake in Psak and Didimamun and they awarded the wrong person money, so sometimes the Bezin has a right to back out from the Psak and sometimes they don't. And when they can't back out from the Psak, sometimes Allah says they have to make good pay from their pocket and sometimes they don't have to. So that's a long, complicated sugya in Sanhedrin with many different opinions. So that all appears in Simen Chofei. So then the Ramot discusses what considered a mistake. Who says the Bezin made a mistake? So I said the Bezin issued a Psaq because they thought that that's the did. And then they find in the Chubas HaGa'inim, the Ga'inim don't agree with them. So does that mean automatically that it's a mistake? No one has a right to disagree with the Ga'inim. The Ga'inim were before the days of Rashi and Tesis. The Ga'inim were closer to the Chachmei HaGemar. They had traditions in the Yeshivas in Bavel. So the Ramot writes, he's quoting earlier post the Ramot writes, if a person wants to disagree with the Gaonim and he has rise from the Gemara, he should discuss it with his contemporary, discuss it with the other Rabban. He may be making a major mistake. But if one consults his contemporaries and he tells what his rise are, 
And the others are also convinced. He thinks that this person in our generation is right. They think the Goyinim are wrong. So then he says, you have a right to disagree with the Goyinim. That's what the Rama quoted, all the Rishonim quoted from the Talmud Yerushalmi. Only applies if, if you want to repeal the rabbinic enactment. But if you want to disagree as to what the Allah is, Ramayusha Feinstein can disagree with the Chsam Seifer. Chsam Seifer can disagree with the Nadi Behuda, even if he thinks Nadi Behuda is greater. So then the Ramah says, he's quoting from the earlier post, what if a person wants to disagree with the Gemara? The Gemara comes to Maskana, and I think I have a better shot than the Mishnah, than, than Abai Barov. So the Ramah says, no, that's it. You can't, you can't argue with the Gemara. Why not? So the Vilna Goen refers you to the Gemara, but the Gemara says, Ravina Ravashi Soif There was a Sefer Shalodim Arishon. The Pasuk says in Parashas Barashas, their Sefer told us all them. It doesn't mean that the Bible, the Chumash, is a book of the history of mankind. It's a Shrach history book. If the Chumash was intended to be a book of history, it's very Shrach. The Gemara says, no, it's a reference to Sifra Shalodim Arishan. When Adam Arishan was created, Sakharish Bachu showed him Dor Dor Vidorshov, Dor Dor Vachacham, Dor Dor Vesofra. He showed him every generation what's going to be the whole development of the Torah Shabbalpeh in the future generation. So then Sakharish Bachu showed him, so the Gemara quotes only snatches from this Sifra Shalodim Arishan. The Gemara quotes one snatch that uh, Rebbe Rav Nassim not going to be Sofa Mishnah. That's going to be the end of the period of Mishnah, whatever that means. But what's Alpidin, Sofa Mishnah? Is there any halachic significance to that? And then the Gemara says, Rabbi Rav Ashi, Sofa Ro. So what's the significance to that? Rabbi Rav Ashi were the ones who went into the Talmud Babli. So what does it mean, Sofa Ro? Ro means the Paschal Shailas. So my father told me in the name of Rav Moshe Salavechik that what it means is most of the historians and most of the Achreinim assume that uh, although Rabbi Yudah Nasi edited the Mishnayis, but the Mishnayis were still being recited orally, they weren't taught Mitoch Aksav. Until the days of Rabin Rabashi, from that time on, then they used to teach Mishnayis Mitoch Aksav. So the full status of Chachme Hamasora only applies, Kozman, that the Torah Shabbat Peh was being transmitted Baal Peh. After the days of Rabin Rabashi, that's the Gemara calls that Soif that's the end of the period of Paskening Shailas, because the Ikir status of Chachme HaMasor applies to those who are Balei Masorah Masorah means Torah Shabbat who are the Balei HaMasorah of Torah Shabbat when it was transmitted Balpeh. Once the Masorah is being taught, we teach from Gemaras, we teach from Shulchan Aruch, we teach from all the students have a text in front of them and we're explaining what it says in the text. So there is Masorah now also, but it's a lower status of a Masorah. So that's what, that's what the Gemara is telling us. That's what the Ramos says. Someone in the 1500s has a right to disagree with the Goyenim because the Goyenim were after the days of Rabbi Rabashi. So Pidin, we're all in the same category, we're all in the same boat. The likelihood is the Goyenim are probably correct and you who live in the 1500s are probably wrong. But once in a while it may be that they're wrong and you're right. So Al Pidin, everybody in that Kufa after Rabbi Rabashi the has the same level of Balei HaMasorah, the Torah Shabbat is being transmitted in the Torah and everybody before the days of Rabbi Rabbi going back till Yeshua ben Nun, Al-Pidin, everybody's on the same level of Balei HaMasor, because the Torah Shabbat is being, being transmitted Balpeh. The likelihood is the Mistama Yeshua ben Nun probably gave a better psak than Rabbi Rabashi. But strictly, probably never going to disagree with They're going to know Yeshua ben Nun said something, and probably not going to disagree with him. But Al-Pidin, strictly speaking, everybody from the Tkufa of Yeshua ben Nun till the Tkufa of Rabbi Ravashi are in the same level of Chachme HaMasorah and they all have a right to disagree with each other they're entitled to their, to their opinion the, 
Kesef Mishnah, in his commentary on the side of the Rambam, in the beginning of Hilchas Mamrim, raises the question, the Gemara will often quote a statement from an Amora, who will say a din, then one will say, how can he say that din? It's against the Mishnah, it's against the Brisa. The Gemara says, to Yufta, Abgifrekt, he's wrong, because it's against the Ferish and Mishnah. But if the Rambam quotes, all the Bishan quotes, he will show me, from the days of Yeshua Benun till the days of Rabbeinu Abashi, everybody's entitled to an equal opinion, so why can't Amoran disagree with the Tanoim? There is no such halacha, there's no special halacha category for a Tana as opposed to an Amoira. So why does the Gemara make it to Yufta? So the Mishnah says, Alpidin, they have a right to disagree with Tanoim. Amoran have a right to disagree with them. Same Kufa, of Torah the Alfi didn't have the same level of Chachme HaMasorah. But the Amoraim had an attitude that if they're going to see that all the Tanoim say one way, they're not going to take on all the Tanoim. If they would see that there was a Machloikas in the days of the Tanoim, and the majority was in one direction, and the Psak was accepted for centuries, according to the consensus, according to the majority, so then they would feel they have the right to, to pask and to reverse the Psak, to follow the minority opinion. But if they would investigate, they find out that in the Tkufus HaTanaim, no one shared their opinion. So their attitude was, we're not going to take on all of the Tanaim, we're not going to disagree. But strictly speaking, they have the right to. And in fact, uh, Rabbi Chaim Soloveitchik points to a Melchamas in the end of Baba Kama. Every so often we pass Galakamara, and when they disagree with all the Tanaim, there's no Tanaim, and we don't see a Tuyufta against them. Rabbi Chaim quotes this from, uh, from Rabbi Chaim, that he wants this, Rabbi Chaim, Kharif is the Gekasha. That um, the Gemara says very often, Rab disagrees with Tanoim. So the Gemara, what right did he have to disagree with Tanoim? The says, Rab Tanuhu Pali. Rab had the status of a Tanoim. So Taisus in the first Perak in Ksudis has a right in the Gemara that Rab Yechanan holds that Rab didn't have the right to disagree. Rab was not Tanuhu Pali. And the Gemara says in Erevin, whenever there's a Matalek, it's Rab, Rab Yechanan, Halachik Rab Yechanan. So we always pass like Rab Yechanan against Rab. Rab Yechanan held that Rab did not have the right to disagree. How come we always pass like Rab when Rab Tanahu Palik? We always pass like Rab. So Rab Ochan of Ratzim asked his kasha to Rab Chaim. So Rab Chaim says all the time that he's an Amir. And Amir also has a right to disagree with the Tan. There's no halacha like that. They usually have the attitude, if they see all the Tanahim say one way, they're not going to take on all the Tanahim. But it's not a halacha. That was the attitude they had. But if they absolutely could not agree at all with the Tanahim, they're entitled to disagree. So that was that Kufa. There was a Kufa from the days of Yeshua ben Nun till the days of Rabbeinu Ravashi till Chasimah Satalmud. And then the Kufa after then, post Rabbeinu Ravashi, Adayay Mazeh, so we're all Alpidin in the same Kufa. It makes sense to assume that Mestam of the people in the earlier generation probably knew better, maybe they had more Yerushalayim and so on, but Alpidin, if you have a Chacham who's truly is entitled to an opinion, he has a right to take on all of those who preceded him. But in order to be entitled to express an opinion, the Chacham Shigil has to be one of the Balei HaMasorah. You have to have a Masorah. You have to have a Masorah. The Talmud has the right to disagree with his Rebbe 100%. You have a lot of times, Rebbe Rabbi Shimon Alil, where the father and the son team. And the son disagrees with the father very often in the Gemara. How do you have a right? The Gemara says the son, Tam Kibbutab, the son is not allowed to disagree with the father. Talmud is not allowed to disagree with the Rebbe. No. He has to disagree. If it's Nagel Halacha, he has to disagree with the father. People are going to be following the father and the son holds that Shalom Kedin. The Talmud is entitled to disagree with the Rebbe if he has a Masora from his Rebbe. The Masora means he has a Masora on the style of learning. Midrash Atar and He has a Masora on attitudes. 
that's what Rav Soloveitchik used to say, based on the Gemara. The Gemara says the person is Korob, is Shonovaloshimish, Tamidachachamim, the person knows Mikra, he knows all of Tanakh, and Shani knows all of Mishnais, he knows all of Gemara, but Loshimish Tamidachachamim means he didn't pick up the Masorah of attitude from his Rabbi. So that's considered an Amharat. A person has to have a Masorah on attitudes, has to have a Masorah on style of Paskin. He made Paskin 100% differently from the Rebbe, but he has to have a tradition from the Rebbe what's considered an acceptable style of Psach. And what are the attitudes that one should keep in mind when issuing an opinion on Psach Aloha? Today, if you look on the internet, you can find within a half minute all the different opinions on any given Shiloh. So there are some people, they'll find the different opinions, and they're always looking for a Chumrah. So they say, there you have it. So-and-so said Lahomer. Other people are always looking for a Kula. So they say, there you have it. So-and-so said a Kula. That's not a way to pass in a Shiloh. That's not called a Chochm Shigir just because you look on the internet. I was told by one of Rabbi Rudiman's uh, Talmidim, one of his early Talmidim in uh, Baltimore, that if you look in the Sefer, Darkei Tshuva from the Munkacher on Yeridea, so it's a Likot of all of the Achreinim on any given Sif in Shulchanar. So it has the first Haskama, the first page is by Rabbi Yitzchokhan. So Rabbi Rudiman told some of the students privately that he understood that Rabbi Yitzchokhan had charate from giving the Haskama. After the Sefer was published and he saw the way he presents, the Sefer is like the internet. He, say, he quotes, these Rabbanim say Muta and these Rabbanim say Yosa in any given shayim. And he doesn't tell you who has, not everybody's entitled to an equal vote. So the way I was told over, that Dibri Chaim, Rab Chaim Sanza, is entitled to a hundred votes, and he has, he has a, more of a authority than someone else that we never heard of. And then Dr. Chubi just quotes everybody equally, as if everybody is equal, entitled to equal votes. I remember there was a professor in Bernard Rebel who published an essay uh, many years ago, 50 years ago, he published an essay about a certain issue. So he said, well, the Mishnah Melech says one way, and he have found three Svardish Achreinim Sefer Kert, so it's three to one. Mishlam Melech is entitled to a hundred votes. The three, the three Svardish Achreinim, Mishlam Melech is also a Svardish. But the three Svardish, I'm not against Svardim, all four are Svardim. But the other three were insignificant. How do you compare the Mishlam Melech? He has on Kola Torah Kula. He was a Goyna Goynim. Everybody accepts the Mishlam Melech. The other three that you, that you quoted are insignificant. It's like looking on the internet and treating everybody equally. Moshe Feinstein has an equal vote to everybody else. He has a little more uh, than the others. When the Shulchan Aruch was published, Sabi Yosef Kara said explicitly, he wrote in his introduction, he never intended the Shulchan Aruch to be a safer psak. You can't paskin from a kitzer. Even with the Mishnah Bruri, it's, uh, you can't paskin from the Mishnah Bruri if you don't know all the Gemaras. A lot of times people make the Yukim, the Mishnah Bura wrote it like this, and didn't write it like that. The Mishnah Bura was not written like the Rambam. The Rambam has written every single word. He, was, he wrote it so carefully. And he intended that people should be reading it very carefully. Igris Moshe was not written like the Rambam. Igris Moshe was written. Moshe easy style. You can't be Medayek from the Lashonis of Ramosh. You have to read the whole paragraph and see what he's driving at. And sometimes the words are not Samadweek. Mishnah Bura also. Sometimes they were not some Meduik. You have to look in the original Gemara. He assumes everybody knows the Gemara. So you have to look in the original Gemara. And then you'll understand what he's taking a stand on. You can't just read the Sifre Hakit Surah. You can't read the, the Shulchan Aruch and the Mishnah Bura and think that the, one can pass in a Shaiva like that. 
we don't always have time to look everything up in the Gemara, so we usually look in Mishnah Burr, but uh, it's, a little, it's a little misleading, and maybe a lot misleading, because uh, if you don't know the Gemara, often we won't understand uh, what it says in the, in the Mishnah Burr. The Gemara tells us that if a person works hard, he will succeed in learning. But even though he will succeed in learning, that's Luke Megirsa, he'll know what it says in the Gemara. But Lasuki Shmaitsa, leave the Hilchasa to be able to be Machriel, Psakaloche. For that, the Gemara says it's not necessarily going to help that he was Yogaite Matsasa. For that, you have to have Siyaita Rishmaya, the Gemara says. And when is one Zoycha to this Siyaita Rishmaya? So the opening Mishnah in Pirkeyavis tells us, Moshe Kibble Termi Sina. So it's interesting, both Rabchaim Balojana representing the Misnagdim and Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Bradichev and the Kedusha Slevi representing the Chesidim, they have the same taich on the opening Mishnah. The Toshib Shad, Moshev Kibbutar Mesina, Harsina. So they both have the same taich, which is not Lefi Pshutai. That why was Moshe Rabbeinu Zechad to be Mekabal Hatar? Because he was so humble. Just like the Medrash tells us when the Rabbanu Shalom expressed his interest in making Maibed to give the Torah to B'nai Yisrael, so they all heard that the Rav Shalom was going to give on top of a mountain. So all the big mountains were vying for the covet that uh, the mountain Torah should be on top of them. And the Rav Shalom didn't want the big mountains because they were so arrogant. He decided to give the Torah Hasina, which is a lowly mountain. So because of the humility of Hasina, that's why Hasina was chosen. So that's why Moshe Kibbal Torah me Sinai, because he had that degree of humility. And that's how the Pesach says, Moshe Rabbein was one of Mikolodim. He was the greatest son of Rabchai Valojana writes, for those who are familiar with Yeridea, it says in Yeridea that it's very rare, let's say you have a tray of pot and you cook a kosher soup. So is it ever possible to assume that you have shishim in the soup against the thickness of the walls? So we usually assume in a normal pot, you're not going to have shishim. Some of the can say you have the right to have assume you have shloshim, but it's very rare to have shishim, unless the pot is very big and the, and the walls are very thin. So Rabchai Valojana says in Ruachayim, that the thinner the walls are, so the more content there is, the more room there is, a base keyboard to contain. What if the walls would be so thin, they're just mathematical lines. Mathematical lines don't take up any space at all. So then the, the clee will be, will be able to contain, to its maximum mamish, there, there is no thickness of the walls. So he said, the same is true regarding a person. The more guy that the person has, and the more he holds from himself, so the less room there is to contain her, the less he holds from himself, so the thinner the walls are. If my Shabbatim is on Mikola, he held up himself like a mathematical line, so it doesn't take up any room at all, so he can contain her to the maximum of the base kibble. The Gemara tells us in the beginning of the first paragraph in that in many disputes between Misham and Mesilo, the overwhelming majority of the cases we pass them like the Besilo because they were in the majority, and then the Gemara says also because they were more humble then the Beishama, it does mean Beishama were arrogant, but it means Beishama were more humble. So why should that be a factor to determine how to pass in the So when they graduate, you give, them, you, give them, you give them the humility award upon graduation. Why do you pass in the like that? So the Gemara is telling us that if a person is more humble, he'll be more, he'll be more open to listen to what someone else raises a possibility. A lot of times people make up their minds and that's it. And they don't want to listen to what anybody else has to say. So, so, that, so that's terrible. You have to be open to other people's suggestions to decide what the Psaq Allah is, what's correct. You shouldn't make up your mind that, that what you say is right and no one else is entitled to an opinion. So when one 
wants to choose a rabbi, the Mishnah says, you have to choose a rabbi, so you have to choose a person who's humble, you have to choose a person who's a Yeresh The Gemara says, the Psochim are buying him because we assume that Tamachachim is not making a mistake. Not that the Psochim are buying even if the rabbi made a mistake. That's not true. The Psochim of the Gebez Nagodal are buying because we assume that since they sit next to the Mizbeach, you have to have Sanhedrin Tzomach the Mizbeach. So the Ramban writes in his commentary on Chumash, we assume that the Bez Nagodal probably did not make a mistake. Once in a while they do make a mistake, so they have to sometimes bring up Parhelam Dovashel Tzibur. We don't believe in infallibility, but the reason why the Psak of the Bez Nagodal is binding is because we assume they didn't make a mistake. The reason why the Psak of your local Modas is binding is because we assume they didn't make a mistake. We assume, so it Hashem The Gemara quotes the Pasuk and Tehillim. You assume, if the rabbi is a Reishamayim, so it's not Hashem Lireyah. Kodesh Bochel will give him a divine assistance, a Siyayi Tereshmaya, that he shouldn't make a mistake. The Gemara comments on the Pasuk describing David HaMelech. David What does it mean the phrase Hashem Why to know what it says in the Gemara. But in order to be able to figure out the Psak Halacha, for that you have to have Hashem Imoi, you have to have a divine assistance. And this divine assistance was promised to those who are Yirei Shemayim. So you have to, if you want to know whose Psak to listen to, you have to pick a person that seems to be knowledgeable. It's not an oracle. The Rav Shalom is not going to make a nice nigla. You're going to ask a rabbi, you know the rabbi does know anything. So you're going to ask him, but you're going to make a miracle that the rabbi is going to know the right answer. It's not going to happen. You have to pick a Talmud Chacham who seems to be knowledgeable, who seems to be honest. A lot of times you have a rabbi who's knowledgeable, but he's, he's dishonest. He, know, he knows where, which side his bread is buttered on. And he knows he has to give a psak that the Balabat and one. I have a friend who's a rabbi, a signature rabbi, a Flatbush. So he was encouraging me for years. I should I should move to Flatbush. I should open my own shtibel and we'll dive into Sachashkenaz. I get a lot of Miss Palm but Herschel. One, do me one favor. You don't have to tell them all of your kulas. In Flatbush, they don't want to hear kulas. They just want to hear chumras. Tell them all the chumras. You know, a rabbi's basket has to give his honest to goodness opinion. I want to be dishonest. You have to ask the shyness of a person who is humble, of whom we can expect. That his humility will help him pass him properly. A person who has Yerushalayim, who will be zeichet to the siyat Rishmaya, so Hashem he has to be an honest person. He has to be a clever person. A lot of times you have a tamachah, but he's stupid. He doesn't have common sense. He doesn't appreciate what, what the shail is. He just knows what it says in Shulchan Aruch. He doesn't know how to mimidam and milsa the milsa. So these are all the things that one has to keep in mind. The Gemara tells us that there were different kufis in the transmission of the Torah from generation to generation. The original Tkufa from the days of Moshe Rabbein until the days of Ezra was basically the Tkufa of Torah Shabal Peh. Basically the Tkufa of Torah Shabal We have different drushes, different ideas that were developed in the Torah Shabal Peh in the earlier generations. The Mishnahis quote some of them. But basically the main development of the Torah Shabal Peh was after Ezra. The Gemara says that Ezra, uh, Ezra gave Matan Torah all over again. Ezra was the one who started putting together the whole Torah Shabbat As we know it, Anshik Nesus Agdolo. And then the Gemara tells us in the first paragraph in Bava Basra that the challenge of our generation, we live now in the, in the Tkufa of the Torah Shabbat You can't know Torah Shabbat without knowing Torah Shabbat But we're talking, what's the, base, what's the main emphasis? So in our generation, the main emphasis should be 
on the limud of the Torah Shemal Pet. So that's what the Gemara quotes the Pasuk of Fenodi, Gagm, Ki Yitno Bagoyim, Ata Akatsen. Yitno is Miloshem Asnisen. When the Jews, En Yisrael, Nigolam Elabeschus, Limud HaMishnayis. When the Jews will succeed in learning Torah Shemal Pet, the emphasis has to be on Limud Torah Shemal Pet. This will bring the Gehula. Limud Torah Shemal Pet, that's exactly what Masara is all about. And this is the challenge of our generation. Thank you very much.